0: This is the Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. I'm your host, Paul Parisi.
1: And I'm Jacob Young.
0: On the Edge of Innovation, we talk about the intersection between technology and business, what's going on in technology, and what's possible for business.
1: Historically, we've done episodes looking at specific topics. Today, we want to turn to a special episode looking at a case study Paul, would you talk us through who is the focus of our case study today?
0: Sure We've been working with a client who is a personal services firm. It's a single owner uh, and worker one person and she provides um, Services to pregnant women. So uh, it's a doula and what that basically is is a coach or somebody to be there to help the mom out throughout the pregnancy and really through the delivery. Uh, it's primarily for that delivery time. It is, it is a benefit for the mom who's doing all of this work. And so she came to us. She had a website, uh, as lots of people do, a um, few years old, and uh, said, gee, I want to improve this. Uh, so we looked at it and said, well, why? Why do you want to improve it? And I think that's an important aspect that a lot of people don't ask, especially in business. And I've sort of made it one of my hallmarks is why do you want to achieve what you want to achieve? Uh, and you get lots of interesting answers, you know, because I could imagine anybody saying, well, I want more business. Well, first of all, do you have the capacity to do business? If you're successful with the outcomes, and basically, what is your expectation? And if we meet those expectations, is it? going to meet are you going to be able to deliver that right so there's this this you know as an aside before we get into some of the details in this particular case study the the sort of pattern i use in consulting for businesses is you often have businesses come to you with knowledge of the solution they want
1: Mm -hmm.
0: they come in and say i want you to do this for me right And many people are very happy to do that. I always, um, I don't know why, but I want to understand why you want this solution. And really to get to the underlying, what's the goal? What's the Mm -hmm. need here? And many times, almost the majority of them, um, or overwhelming majority, I would say, is the case where the solution they have chosen is not the solution that will meet their goals. Right. Right. And so that's a huge thing. And you know, a lot of technology projects fail. And they fail primarily because the expectations weren't set. Right. And the goals weren't set properly. Uh, and I think, you know, as as simple as it sounds, these are the questions you need to ask before you start a project. Why, why do you want to do this? What are you expecting?
1: Yeah. Well, sometimes it seems like a solution becomes the shiny new thing that somebody wants rather than... Not only understanding who they are and what they're about and what they're trying to accomplish, but what what exactly is going to help accomplish those specific ends. Everybody doesn't have the same ends and goals in mind. Right. And so what you're trying to do is figure out what exactly are you trying to accomplish.
0: Absolutely. And it's not even that understanding, but many times I've found that business owners or business principals or managers don't understand what they really want. Mm -hmm. They don't even know because they're so heads down doing their daily tasks that they can't step back and say what's the goal here? Right. Why am I doing this every day? You know, and um that's I think one of the differentiators between businesses that are successful rather than businesses that are just plodding along. They're mm-hmm. successful, but you know, they're going, you know, one step in front of the other, you know, just plodding along. And um that may be fine, and mm-hmm. you may want to optimize that. Uh, but let's understand that before we get started. So this particular client came in and had a website, and one of the things that's interesting in the web economy, and I use that term fairly loosely, and that is, you know, uh, post traditional advertising, you are basically judged on what's on your website, and um, unless you have a business that you know people just happen to know about you
1: right like coca-cola i don't know if i've ever been to their website
0: right uh you know you're the five million pound gorilla they just you know that's fine but if you're trying to get market share or make people aware of you especially in this context where it was you know we have this woman who delivers these services happens to be in new england uh we'll go you know boston north shore that kind of thing and usually Um, You know, if you sell your services, in her case, uh, helping deliver a baby, you're not going to have another chance to remarket to that mom, you know, for another year or so. And, you know, that's an optimistic. So you've got to find new clients. It's really got to be that. And one of the things that's critical in this sort of web, again, web economy is that you have a nice shiny website. Mm -hmm. And people, you know, just like they like shiny objects and brand new cars. Ooh, it's nice and shiny. It's really cool. And Mm -hmm. it's got, you know, everything's sparkly. That has to be the ethos on your website. And the minute you put it out there, you got to start planning for your new one. Yeah. It's just the case. It's, 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 you know, I like to ask business clients, um, how long are you planning to stay in business? You know, because if, if you're just saying, you know, you want a solution that's going to get you past two years, that's fine. But the fact of the matter is you're going to have to reinvent your website every couple years. Yeah. To make it fresh, to make people feel like they're if, if they're coming back, wow, that looks cool. Oh, you painted your room. You know, you know, they come into your house, they don't see all the old things, you've improved it, you've you've yeah. made it better. Um, but now you have new people coming in, and they've seen better websites. Amazon looks better than it did five years ago. They're tuned. They're hyper focused on getting those visual cues, yeah, and getting that clear information across. So if you've got a website from the '90s that has a menu across the top that doesn't look good on a phone, yeah, you got to change it. It builds your market persona.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I immediately almost invariably whenever I visit a new website and they aren't updated. To being reasonably modern, like let's say since 2007, I just immediately assume they aren't in business anymore or they don't care about my business and I go someplace else.
0: Right. So, you know, those, you know, the minute you say these things, they're, they're obvious. Right. But they're not obvious beforehand because, you know, you've, you've got this woman who has this business and she is getting enough clients to keep her busy. Mm -hmm. Why do I need a new website? Well, we don't know if we could fork reality and say one, one world, you know, that one reality where we don't change the website and one where we do, they're going to have different outcomes. Now, it may be that people look at, let's say she had a five-year-old website and they, they, the, the text on it is so good that they look past that. But, you know, studies say that people come and they bounce. Mm -hmm. Half of the people come to your website are going to go away. Uh, And that's because in the three to five seconds they're looking at that website, something didn't hook into their mind to make them go to the next step. So we looked at some of her analytics. She had some rudimentary analytics. I think her site was actually hosted using GoDaddy tools, um, which, again, you know, simplifies things. But in that simplification, it, it makes things minimal. Mm-hmm. And it didn't provide the depth of insight we needed. We were able to find out, for example, with her particular thing, is mobile important? Well, it was only like twenty percent of the people went via mobile. Mm-hmm. Now that is right uh, in complete opposite of what we're seeing in in uh, across every property. Now, right. why might that be the case? Well, this is a pretty heavy decision you're trying to do that, and you don't you wouldn't equate, you know, sort of. I mean, people. You know, do dating apps on
1: right, on, right.
0: A, on mobile, you know, like Tinder, you know, uh, two-second yeah. judgment. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, if you don't know what Tinder is, it shows you a picture of somebody and you basically say thumbs up or thumbs down. Swipe right, right or swipe left. And if you swipe, what is it? I don't even know. Right? I've never used it. Yeah. So you swipe right and you say you like that person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very superficial, obviously, because you're just looking at a picture. But so we saw that in this case, a lot of people weren't sitting down. Uh, on the bus or in in those mobile moments where they were choosing a doula a a person to be there and help them deliver their baby they were taking time out and spending time on a desktop so that told us well we certainly do want to make it mobile friendly we don't want somebody to have a bad experience so everything you do if your website isn't mobile friendly right now you have a serious problem yeah you need to fix that that is i mean you're saying to the people out there, I don't really care what you think or what right. you're interested in, but we don't care enough to make it easy for you to get
1: to know right. us. We, we want to be irrelevant in the next five years, is right. what you're saying. Well,
0: right now, honestly, yeah. if it's not mobile friendly, um, I would say that irrelevant in the next five years is more of how often you reinvent your site Yeah, uh, and opti- re-optimize it and and, right. and show that your innovation is continuing yep. and that you're relevant. Um, so while mobile wasn't our first thing, we found that the overwhelming majority of her clients said, I felt like I got to know you Mm -hmm. by reading the website. Okay. So that didn't mean we throw away all of her content because that content is very effective. So we needed to optimize that so that it was easy to read, easy to consume in a friendly conversational way, both image wise and uh, friendly fonts, friendly colors, because this is a relationship that they're starting. Mm -hmm. So, As we re-architected that, we wanted to make sure we kept that. Uh, Additionally, we want to have new content delivered through multiple channels so that people can discover this person. So if you're a mom and you're thinking about having a doula, you might like to find out that from this experience that this doula has this is a really good thing to think about when you're going to the hospital or when you're going to be there. It might be good to have this with you or this Mm -hmm. with you. Things that you could, you might say, well, that's obvious, but it would really be nice to hear that from an experienced professional that says, hey, you're going to do this, do this, this, and this. So we're encouraging this client to commit to developing content. Now, the difficulty with developing content is just like when you were in high school and you had to write a report. And you're staring at a blank piece of paper. That is the most difficult thing right. to do in writing. So we develop content calendars, which says, you know, hey, let's look at the the year. Let's yep. look at the holidays that are in the yep. year.
1: For a dual Mother's Day's coming up. Right. What are we going to say about that?
0: Exactly. It's the summer. If you're if you're pregnant and you're going to be delivering in the summer, how do you beat the heat? You know, those kind of things. So those are at one level, the content calendar is relevant in time. But there might be trends, you know, um, doctors are indicating that there's more this or this or this, or what about medications and all these different things that you bring in this particular professional can bring a comment to that to say, Mm -hmm. you know, here's what I've found has been helpful. Uh, here's this, or you'll encounter this. A lot of these are going to certainly be first time moms. Yeah. Um, but they're also going to be, you know, second time and third time moms, um, but that that information is hugely valuable to them, mm-hmm. and if you have any trust with your client, your opinion on your expertise is hugely valuable. Um, you know so we had a client we have a client another client who asked about a uh, time card system and emailed and said, "Do you know anything about time card systems and uh, have you ever done any work with them? And I wrote them back and said, well, no, I haven't done directly, but I did some research. I took five minutes and did some research and found one. Uh, and I said, this one, I think based on these factors might be a good choice for you. They were so appreciative of that. Now that if it were in my sweet spot, I might want to make a blog post out of and post that. And then where do I put these blog posts? You know, a lot of things, well, if I put them on my website, well, that's okay. That might be a good place to store them. But I really need to find places in which I can stand on top of the roof and shout. Right. And you do that through Facebook, certainly for this personal services firm. Uh, For a doula, Facebook is perfect because I can both put it there. I can have my friends like it. Yep. And then it gets to be cross-pollinated by friends and referrals. Right. But I can also buy directed advertising on Facebook mm-hmm. to people that are pregnant, you know, that are in 30 miles of me. I mean, it's beautiful to do that. Right. And then I can also use Twitter and I can use Pinterest in this particular uh, way um, and for this genre, if you will. But the point is, is you have to be willing to create content and then socialize it. Right. That is work. And there's no getting around it. Um, you can tweet little things. That's one one of the things that's really is if you have a pithy thing to say, mm-hmm. uh, you can do that with Twitter. You can even find good articles out there and tweet about them. Say, hey, I found this good article. Same right. thing with Pinterest. Um, but you need to commit to making your constituents aware of neat things.
1: Yeah. So, Paul, you just mentioned all these dynamics that are in play with the website and web design. How does this affect the business she's trying to build?
0: So you want a nice new shiny object called a website. What are you going to do? What is your expectation of that? If you had one client last year, do you want two this year? If you had 10, do you want 20? Okay, that might sound doable for a single person. If you had 20, do you want 40? That's still even doable, maybe one a week. If you had 40, do you want 80? Well, right. oh, wait a second. This Are is going to be
1: hard. Are you trying to another person to work with you? Well,
0: that's the whole thing now. Yeah. Are we building a business mm-hmm. or is this me as a professional, you know, professional, personal service? Right. Um, and that's the, that's the crux of the matter is because, you know, some people having 80 moms. Coming in, giving birth over the next year would be overwhelming.
1: Right, and you can't necessarily push off those clientele. No, you
0: cannot. Yeah, sorry.
1: <laughs> we have what? space for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, in six months, we'll have. That's pro- right.
0: <laughs> exactly. We have an opening. Um, so that's really, you know, what are you going to do if success strikes? Right. You know, so we're we're helping work through that. You know, based in looking back and saying, well, how many contacts have you had, and mm-hmm. then how many of those turn into. Um, clients, yeah, and then we look at how many website visits have you had, and how mm-hmm. many of that turns into clients. So if we quadruple that, and she quadruples the number of clients, okay, then how do you deal with that? What if it wants to go to the next level? Well, maybe she has to raise her rates, you know, and that's not a bad problem to have. She can pick and choose. Right? No, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm not good. Maybe she makes a relationship with another doula and gets commission. That's way different than talking about build me a website. Yeah. You know, that's vastly different. And most people, again, you know, I have this, I'm an engineer type. uh, And if you ask an engineer for a solution, if you ask a software developer for a solution, a programmer, their solution will be to program something. If you ask a marketing person how to solve a problem, they'll say you have to market something. Yeah. If you ask a carpenter how to solve a problem, yeah. they're going to say you need to use wooden nails to do yeah. that. That's typically what we do. Um, what I've tried to do is think outside of the box and say, why do you want to do it? And then how do we achieve what you want to do in the area that you know I may not know? We've got to figure that out, though.
1: Are there questions that come to mind in terms of helping understand the why of a company, of a business?
0: Well, I think it's, you know, again, a lot of these things are obvious when you say them. Um, I I think it's profoundly simple. You know, Mm -hmm. what what is it you want to do? Yeah. Uh, And especially in small businesses, when you get into sole proprietors and things like that, you have to figure out a way to scale your business. Mm -hmm. But you may not want a scaled business. You may be comfortable with the level of business you're at. But let's say you want a company that's got 30 employees and you want to expand your market. You need to be prepared to be able to fulfill that plan. Um, Now, it doesn't mean you have to do all the engineering work and all the decisions and how are we going to add 600 people and what place are we going to have picked out for office space and all that. But you have to have those notions that if my growth is incremental or exponential, how I react in those. Mm -hmm. And if I drive you to thinking about that, that's going to help you sharpen your focus right. on everything you do because you're telling me that's the goal. Yeah. Then we need to look at other things you're doing and saying, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Those can be scary things to deal with. Yeah. But that's critical that um, – you know, I do a, a review every year for an um, entrepreneurial competition. And I will tell you that everyone, when I ask, why are you doing this? Uh, and you can ask that in a lot of different ways. Well, I really like this, you know, as a good, is an answer. That's yeah. good. But, you know, well, no, why, why do you think it's a business? And they're like, oh, I don't know. And thought of that, you know, and those are things that you have to consider. Yeah. You know, well, you those really are the really sort of
1: things to, that come under the, under fire and under, that are tested a year or two into the business. And it's no right. longer just kind of like the fun of getting things up and running. Right. That's the real engine that's going to move things forward.
0: Right. Well, Businesses are usually built to make money. Right. Uh, that is the universal filter, you know, that says how we can say whether a business is successful or not. Even uh, a nonprofit has a money component to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a value proposition there. And so you have to be very clear on how those things work. Mm-hmm. Um so that you can understand and judge whether your business is doing well or not. And we get so close to it as business owners and we have fought and sweated so much to get this aspect of the business there. You really need to be in the situation to be able to step back and say, is this even worth doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, And that's a hard reality, but I think it's, especially in small businesses, you need to reevaluate that constantly. So to summarize, so we had this client come to us. She's a doula. She works with pregnant moms and she's there to be their coach and their support in the hospital delivery room, in the delivery room. I don't want to say hospital because many of them are done uh, midwives and things like that. They don't want that traditional sterile uh, experience of delivery. And so she's very good at what she does. She's adored by her clients. Uh, and I think she wants to do more. She felt her website was a little bit old, which is a very important thing that shows that she has some insight there. It's probably a little bit past old, (laughs) so it should have been done two years ago. And I think that's an important takeaway for business owners is, you know, a year is a long time in internet time. Yeah. And you can help extend the life of your website to two years, two and a half years by keeping content fresh, keeping pictures fresh, new pictures, things like that. So we've built a new website for her that takes into account the fact that we have mobile devices, takes in all the modern design elements that one might expect, has a plan so that it won't become antiquated. We have new pictures. We have a Mm -hmm. gallery of new babies and things like that. Uh, We have a plan for content. So that uh, she's going to be writing content, sharing it on social media, Facebook targeted advertising to moms mm-hmm. that have identified as pregnant, and Twitter uh, right. uh, tweets, and um, also Pinterest. Right. And so, in blog posts on her own site, this mm-hmm. is here's you know lessons learned. Right. And those things we think and we'll be able to measure this, and they actually report on it over the series of podcasts, will continue to drive traffic to her. They'll get to know her as they've raved about the fact that I I feel like I know you when I read your website, uh, that will reinforce that, and then hopefully they'll refer to friends, and they'll refer to friends. Yep. And then we're going to have to seriously, how does the person who's doing this deal with the success of their business. Yeah. So that's a good problem to have.
1: Yeah. And that's a great problem. And I think that one of the dynamics that you're pulling out though, is that we aren't just doing this sort of work of just nuts and bolts. Okay. Let's move things around and update the paint on this website. Right. right. Your, your approach is to go into the, the why question, understand the heart of what's going on. And then from that relationship, build a technical components to help realize those goals. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It is Again, I have another friend who is impatient and wants a website and wants it now. And we really haven't figured out what he wants. Right. And that can be frustrating for him. But the problem is, once you go out there, people form an opinion and never come back. Yeah. And you've got one opportunity to make a good impression. Now, you know, moms, there's more and more of them every day. Yeah. So it's a replenished thing. But still, I think you want to have a good message that synerg- you know, uh, synergizes with their with the reader and says this is what I want right and what I really want to want to be able to measure with this particular uh, client is people that make a bookmark to it So I'm not pregnant now boy this looks cool right when I am or when I know somebody that is I want to refer them to that yeah I think that's the proof of success for us
1: yeah that's great edge of innovation is brought to you in partnership with savior labs savior labs exists to help businesses mature and strategize for the future learn more about savior labs at SaviorLabs.com. thank you for listening to this episode of the edge of innovation hacking the future of business for the show notes and more information about paul please visit paulparisi.com The Edge of Innovation is produced by Jacob Young in conjunction with Copious Amounts of Coffee. Music on today's episode was from bensound.com. Paul can be found on Twitter at pdparisi and on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash pdparisi. This episode, like all our episodes, is transcribed and available at paulparisi.com.